Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. the season she's over it was not the result we were looking for today it was a marathon event nearly four hours in length gene williams and the Knowles come up short finish the season five and seven after a 24 to 21 loss to the university of florida this is the war chant post game call-in show he's gene williams he is the founder and administrator of warchant.com my name is tom lang i am the director of original content wrapping up my first season as a full-time employee here at War That's right. We are uh, very thankful for you, everybody out there on a Thanksgiving week. We know you don't like the result, but please do us a favor at War Chan. Hit the like button underneath this video. Subscribe to our channel if you have not, because it's now Cruton season, Gene. We've got a little over two weeks before National Signing Day, the early signing day for college football, a big day for Florida State. But let's return to this day, the final day of the 2021 regular season for FSU. Ugly, man. You really could take issue, Gene, with just about all phases of the game at different times of the game. Disjointed, messy, sloppy. What do you think? Where would you like to start? I'd like to start out with the headline of the day, and that's Travis Hunter has completely reaffirmed his commitment. He's 100%. He's signing on National Signing Day, which is just up in a couple weeks, and he's not taking visits. So that's the most important thing going forward to me. And that, heck, Ohio State lost. Yeah. So that, that warms my heart as well. Um, try and look at the glasses being half full. Like you said, Tom, if you look at this game, there's, there's nothing in the glass. I mean, it was, it was just ugly, sloppy. I think that kind of took me a little bit. I think we all went in thinking with Dan Mullen fired and the way Florida's played so uninspired, they would go into this game, you know, kind of haphazard, not really into it for whatever reason. I don't know what, what coach Knox did or because it was the, you know, as I said, the one thing that worried me, Florida State's on the other side of the field. Say what you want about Florida. They played pretty well at home. Yeah. They, the only game they had lost at home all season was a nail-biter to Alabama. On the road, they're just sloppy. They're not into it. It's completely different. And they saw Florida State on the other side of the field. When I saw that pregame thing where Florida went in and got in Florida State's face, they go, wait a minute. They're a little bit more into this than maybe we thought they were going to be. And you can see it. This is a team that was preseason number 11. They've got some talent. That's a problem when they're motivated and a little bit more focused with that talent. It's a little bit more of a challenge. And then you throw in all the, the, really the scripts, like you said, both sides of the ball. It was just an ugly, it was not, if you weren't a Florida State or a Florida fan, you probably didn't want to watch this game. You probably turned it off. It was so ugly. 
And I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about it. I'm seeing some of the chats coming in. We appreciate all the input. We'll get to some of you people, uh, fans that are venting or commenting on what happened in the game. And there's a lot on special teams. And we talked about that, Tom, before yeah. we started this thing. I mean, that to me, that's the overriding thing. To me, I'm still, I know the overriding theme is going to be negative today. People are going to be very upset at a loss because I think a lot of us, including both of us, Tom, thought we we're going to win this game. But yeah. it, 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 don't lose the fact this team is so much more improved than it was last season and compared to early in the season. It's an incredible turnaround. The staff has done a good job. The players have been focused in. They've improved offensively with what they've been able to do defensively, obviously. But the one position where it's been a shit show the entire season, it was on full yep. display with special teams. I don't know if Florida State wins if they just play average on special teams, but they they screwed up enough that they effectively did not give this team a chance to win. You can't be muffing punts, hitting live drive punts, shanking punts, getting penalties on kickoff returns, and then whiffing on extra point on uh, onside kicks. It's embarrassing. And it's been this way every single freaking game. This isn't just, oh, this is a one-off. It's been happening all season. I mean, I like John Papuchas a lot. Now, whether you put someone else's special teams and just keep them at defensive ends or whatever the deal is, but, man, Mike Norvell needs to do something about this because it, it, it's awful, and it costs you a couple games this season. Yeah, and, you know, given that we get to see practice, Gene, you know, if they spent no time on special teams and this is what you got, then you could easily point to it. But they spend so much time at it, it that's just inefficient use. If you're going to be bad at something, just do something else instead and be productive with your time. I agree. I, I don't know that an outright firing for John Papuchas is the right idea, but certainly somebody else running the show for special teams. That means Mike needs to take, take it over himself. Whatever it is, there needs to be a new voice leading that room because it's terrible. However, what I saw today was a group that was not as talented as the Florida Gator team that it took the field against. And, and in the trenches, uh, skill position players. I yeah. mean, you look at some of the beastly figures that Florida has on offense. I mean, just look at the couple of tight ends that they have. Uh, just really big guys that can impose their will physically if they care to, and they care to today. The disappointing thing I'd say, Gene, beyond the fact that, you know, this is a group that with, you look at the final score and you say, you know, if special teams doesn't screw it up here, you might have a chance to win the game outright. And that that's actually true, you know, which is crazy because you're outgunned in so many different ways. The thing that I was disappointed with is we talked about this in the pregame show. You can count on Florida State to be buttoned up and ready to go. I thought they kind of weren't today. They were, yeah. they were lifeless. It looked like they were goaded into whatever Florida was trying to do. They got their heads. I mean, is it fair to say yeah. Florida got Florida State's heads? Yes, I think that's totally fair to say because, because it just they didn't look like themselves. And, you know, all the extracurricular penalties, like if Florida wants to do that and show their ass because their coaches are fired and they're pissed off that they had Alabama on the ropes and since then they've been garbage, like let them do that. You don't have to follow suit. And I thought we were taking off our game a little bit today. Typically, when you see a team try to make a statement like Florida did yeah. before kickoff, that's a team who is all bark and no bite. In this case, though, it was a little bit different. Florida did have a little bit of bite to him, and Florida State didn't respond in a way which was, you guys do what you're going to do. We're going to stick to what we do. And unfortunately, all those things added together to where you're, you're in a position where uh, you lose by three points. But I mean, Gene, there's so much to go over in this game again because on offense, Jordan Travis left for several series. I mean, Tate mm -hmm. Rodemaker got a series in this game. It was a three and out, but that feels like a week ago because of just how long this particular affair took. Uh, the officials didn't know down in distance on a first and goal from inside the 10-yard line. They awarded Florida a first and goal again inside the five-yard line. It, it ended up being like a fourth and goal slash first and goal play where Florida scores on it. That's after 
Uh, their running back, Pierce, loses his helmet and continues to participate. Um, you've got defensive breakdowns, third and 20s. The third and nine to start yeah. the game was Florida's first touchdown. So I know that uh, Corey will probably write about that in his column. Uh, but if you had Florida State gives up third and long again, uh, your bingo card was crossed off early in this game. So you could really take issue with all phases of this game at different points. But there's no doubt, Gene, that you're right. Special teams was the leading reason that you shake your head and maybe throw something in your living room because that muff punt, it was happening in slow motion. You could see it. Mm. First of all, the kid kicks it to the moon. That's yeah. like 65 yards in the air. And then with Pokey back. So we shanked a couple. Their kick punter who's not any good is booming 60 yarders. We had, I think uh, it was fourth and 13, fourth and 14. So we had a 12 yard punt or, or whatever it was from Asimano. Yeah. Uh, and another got, one, I think, netted 15 or 16. He hit a line shot for about 30 yards and then ran it back for 15. Right. Yeah. There's just there's a lot of sloppy in this game. I thought we would have been a lot more buttoned up. But the thing yeah. that I, I won't lose focus of either, Gene, is that Florida was always really talented, more talented yeah. than Florida State at most positions if they cared to be there. And they rallied around their, their interim coach. They, they did, did care to be there. So, you know, uh, you come up a little bit short today. Uh, you can also take issue, Gene, and we'll get to some of the thank yous because, you know, you're posting a lot of uh, the contributors to the program. Ingvar out in St. Petersburg, man, you're hey, always buddy. doing the right thing. Uh, Gerard, we saw you as well. That fourth and nine with about five minutes to go, we've gone for it in worse situations, Gene. You know, we're down 10 points. You're going to punt in that moment? We got lucky with a fourth and one spot where they, they couldn't confirm that uh, Richardson had gotten the first down on a third and short. Yeah, but I, I don't know. You're down 10 in that. Like, if you're down a score, okay, punt it. You're down two scores? I found that very interesting. It was only fourth and nine. In I that think moment. that's a good uh, uh, postseason uh, third and laying kind of situation. Yeah. Uh, Mike, go review all the fourth down decisions by Mike Norvell this season. I mean, I'm guessing there's no rhyme or reason. If you get the analytics book and you go, why why did he go for it here and not here? It'd be very interesting to see the decision-making here. It makes, to me, in a seven-point game, when you go for it on your own thirty-five, whatever that was in that situation, but then there you don't. I, I, I yep. don't get it. You know, it, it, it doesn't make sense. I know they're going to say it's based on the feel of the game, but yep. sometimes it's a little bit bizarre. But you know, you, you mentioned the third down thing, and that's also look. I know people are a lot of people. I see them on the message boards. They're mad at Fuller, the man at the defense, man. Other than the third and long, you're right. There were some situational times at third and long they they dropped the ball they screwed up but as many times as their back was put against the wall because of bad special teams turnovers penalties whatever it was and they stood up and they kept Florida State in this game you got to remember until they had a muff punt it was 10 to 7 in the third quarter right. and Florida had the ball several times in your own end of the field you, you create it you can say Florida turned the ball over you can say Florida State forced turnovers they put themselves in position to make those plays yeah. um so I give credit to the defense for keeping them in the game when you said they were playing quarterback roulette in the first half. And I think that's part of that's what killed the offense a little bit. You had three or four series, whatever it was, you didn't have Jordan Travis. It was just a complete nightmare back there with uh, the first two series with McKenzie Milton. Again, we'll say it again, remarkable comeback stories, but he should not be playing Division One football. He's just not he, he couldn't do it. And it was it was a mess when not handling the snaps or throwing it when he had a wide open guy running, throwing sidearm, and spraying it down the field way yeah. out of the guy and getting picked off. It was just ugly. Um, so that hurt them offensively. Obviously, in the first half, it, it kind of screwed everything up. But you're still – it's 7-7 going into the second half, and it's 10-7, and you had you had that muff. And that's a little at – the, at the end of the day, if you want to look at one play that made the difference, it was that muff, muff punt, in my opinion. I'm thinking – Ontario's thinking at the time because he – obviously, he punted it way back when he thought. At this point, he's half going – 
do I not catch it and get in trouble for letting another one bounce? Mm-hmm. Right. Or do I try to catch it? So he was kind of caught in between. And yep. there you go. Florida gets it, goes down to get a touchdown. And from that point, it was effectively over. There also may have been a sun issue there. I mean, you know, yeah, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, it's just this is this is a continuation of a trend. It's not today wasn't. Oh, man, they've been good at special teams all season long. Just a terrible time for it to go bad for. No, every single week. You've got at least three or four instances where you go, what in the hell is going on? Yeah. So, Kim, we appreciate you for uh, your contribution. Mm-hmm. I saw if the wife tells you to help us out and, and support our program. <laughs> I, I don't care who does. Whoever it is, we we appreciate them greatly. Um, Kevin, we appreciate you. Uh, and there's one of our pillars. Hey, there he is, the pillar himself. I wonder if we'll be talking to him in just a moment, but uh, Mr. Angel. Uh, it, yeah, it, the emotions. That's a, that's a great point, Eric, because we noticed that early in the game. Florida obviously was like yeah. – you know, we don't have any coaches. We're going to go out. We're going to be we're going to be jerks. We're going to try to you know get Florida State's faces early on. And, and Florida State, like I said, it got in Florida State's heads. Florida State should have been. They've proven over the last couple months to be the more composed team, the better coach team, the more disciplined team. And we played down to Florida's level. Florida State did. And you know, when you when you play like that, you play on discipline. You make dumb mistakes, penalties, yeah, missed assignments. It's just stupid play, and Florida. At the end of the day, they're more talented team. You have to play. You have to play a cleaner game if you're going to beat Florida. Yeah, a couple of things that that kind of drove me nuts. This game was. I, I think Florida was guilty officially of maybe five or six offsides. I think they were guilty of offsides about twenty five oh, times. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even kidding. Pre snap movements, lining up in the neutral zone. I think the the rest were like, well, if they're going to do it every play, I can't throw a flag. <laughs> On every play, but that drove me nuts. And then, guys, listen, you know, I know that a lot is made of this, and every time these announcements are made on Monday or Tuesday of the game week, everybody flips out. And I don't think you're always right. But today, for all of you that are out there, you're right. That broadcast was an abomination. Oh, my God. It back our, our society. <laughs> like, anything but the game. They talked about anything but the game, and it's only serving to drive you nuts. So whatever the going rate is at ESPN.com for a podcast, I think that's the game check rather than calling it a play-by-play oh. and analysis. Terrible stuff. Now, some of the topics they were talking about, yes, important topics, but not in a 10-point game with 10 minutes to go in the fourth. Yeah, they're doing social topics, whatever. There's a time. ESPN is on. Last time I checked, Tom, it's on 24-7. Correct. So That's you have the all thing. this time. To, you know what drove me nuts early in the game? So if you remember, Travis goes out hurt. They show him on the sideline holding his arm. They flashed him at Kenzie Milton. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, he's not going in. Florida gets a serious force that gets the ball back. And the running plays are like, who's a quarterback? You would think would be right. important, the right. Florida State starting quarterback, whether he's in the game or not, and they're not even bringing him up. Meanwhile, RG3 is so obsessed about making cute one-liners that I guess he thinks they're going to make a clip on YouTube or TikTok or something. He's not even watching the game. Yes. Uh, that, group, that crew is done. Mark Jones, I think, largely speaking, is a good play-by-play guy, but he'll well, go I think he's stuck with RG. He'll go with the flow of wherever the analyst takes him. And God, God, he's been taken to some awful places this year. Again, you know, the topics, sure. I'm fine with that uh, uh, on a Tuesday at 3.30 on ESPN, wherever, whatever. But you're you're telling me that this game, that means as much as it does to these two programs, you might laugh at it from afar, but you can't cover it and just, you know, tell yeah. me about the situation. Down, distance, situation, the leverage, breakdown play. Like, my God. So that serves. We need to have our version of the Manning cast, Tom. Uh, oh, we will. I think we will, Gene. Maybe that's uh, the thing next season. Maybe, guys, you won't need to watch it. Maybe we'll do a live show during games. You don't have to listen to this garbage that ESPN and ACC Network is spewing down your throat. Yep, uh, they've done it. They've done it. I, I, sign me up. I'm in. 
right now. Uh, we thank you to Pool. Uh, appreciate you. Uh, 50, 50 balls to 5'8 wide receivers. Well, that's the recruiting part, right? That's the recruiting part. It's for, uh, you know, the transfer portal, too. They're looking at a, a, the son of uh, an NFL Super Bowl winning running back and Michael Pittman, a certain kid uh, at, who just transferred from Oregon. He put his name in the portal. Then you've got, you know, five-star kids or blue-chip kids that we're looking at uh, just for the classic class of 2022 to join the fold here in Tallahassee. You need better players. You just need better players. Florida has better players. They care to yeah. be there. It was kind of a miracle that you ran the game. And Gene, to your point, you know, that muff punt happens at the worst possible mm. time because the moment that Emory Jones throws an interception in the end zone after what felt like, in terms of the amount of plays run, a service academy drive. You know, it's like 16 plays. It takes six, seven minutes off the clock. You're like, good God, when's the last time we had the ball? You're checking your watch. He throws that interception. You get to the break at 7-7. Seven, seven. You feel really fortunate. Yeah. And maybe maybe you're, this is when it goes pedal to the metal time, but we didn't have anything out the gate in the second half, unfortunately. Uh, we were relegated to throwing the football more than we wanted to because Florida was dominating up front. Having Brady Scott in there was was a bad, you know, yeah. that was a bad omen again for this offensive line. Florida controlled the edges. They, crawled, they controlled the interior of the defensive line. So we were forced to try and throw our way to victory. Um, but even still, with all those hurdles at seven to seven or ten to seven, you felt like, well, you're, this you're forced to stop. You got a punt. You're going to get good field position. It should. It reminds yeah. you held on the Syracuse game, but it's the same thing. How that muff punt just totally turned the game. Yes, it's Florida State's not you know not good enough. At the end of the day, look, the the, the turnaround has been incredible. Good job of the coaching step. I mean, you, there's such a thin margin of error with this team. There's like you said, there's not enough talent. You mentioned the offensive line. That's part of it. Yep. You don't have the depth. One guy goes down, and every it just it has a huge impact on everything. And the same thing in the game when you make a big mistake at a key moment, man. This team now they have a couple times they've overcome it, but it, man, it's tough. It, you make it really difficult in this team because they're so limited in so many areas. Again, I know that unfortunately this is going to be the lasting memory that they lost. And they hey they pushed the spread right. The final spread was three. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, so I'm yeah. sure when Florida State was kicking that extra point, a lot of people were paying a lot of attention to that to see what was going <laughs> to yeah. happen. But, you know, that's that's no solace. They lost. They deserve to lose the way they played this game. We're not saying Florida This isn't a situation where Florida State got ripped off by the officials. It has happened, we know, it a few times well, and, or anything and you, like that. They they were just – Florida State did not play a good game, and, and Florida had more talent. And you hit on it too, Gene. Just I know you mentioned it before, but you know it's apropos given the way special teams has been all season long that your final play with a chance yeah. to win the football game <laughs> is essentially a whiff. I mean, oh, and I a whiff would have been better because it just would have been a penalty. Except he had to just barely touch the top of the ball. I guess he did. It might have been the wind of his foot over the ball, but yeah, whatever. But the replay, it, is, it was weird. It looked like you know. he didn't even hit it. Maybe a shoelace hit it. I don't well, know. And you heard, you know, on the broadcast when they were done talking about how to save the world and host a telethon, you heard that 88 is wearing number 74. I'm like, what's Kentron doing? What is this? I'm like, oh, it's Fitzgerald. So now you know something's up. You see 37 and 74, and you're like, okay, well, he's definitely not kicking it. 74 is going to come by and kick it. And then it just sits there. And in my mind, I know uh, Corey is an aficionado, an aficionado of this kind of stuff too. Aficionado. There we go. That's the word. I'm like, don't touch the ball. Force them to touch it. Maybe they touch it and it squirts loose because the moment we do, the game is over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just, it's so. You might have a Leon Lett situation. You know, he might, yeah. some guy might come in, some big guy might come in and try to grab it and it squirts out. Sure. Exactly. But uh, it, it's apropos for a team that has really been let down by their special teams so consistently this year that that's the way the season ends. But again, 
on the whole, everybody, that's one of uh, our, our favorite phrases around here, as I know Jeff uh, talks about. But uh, five and three in your last eight football games, you're markedly better. The kids believe they were out of sorts a little bit today. Unfortunately, we need to clean that up and play a little bit more smart moving forward. That's a lesson that can be taught today. But given where we were at 0-4 to where Florida State is now, you salvaged your five stars in this recruiting class. You secured the momentum that we thought that we had lost at 0-4 after losing to Jacksonville State, after losing to Louisville, even though it was a moral victory in the second half. Gene, by and large, October and November treated the Knolls really yeah. well for the future, if not for the now and for um, a bowl in December. Yeah, because you think at 0-4, you're thinking, man, just hold on to the recruiting class, get a couple wins. Yeah you know, just survive to go to the off season so they can be better next. So you did more than survive. You were, you know, you won four, you won four, five of the games and yeah. uh, you were competitive. I mean, you were th within three points of this one. The other one, if you don't have massive flu hit the team, you probably win that one. The other one, you're a couple bad officiating calls at the end of the Clemson game and winning that one. So even the games you lost, man, you were right there, ripe to win those games and you won five others. So that, that's saying a lot. Now, I get I get the narrative's negative right now. I see people been saying, fire Norvell, all that. Come on, people. Be realistic about this stuff. I get the wow. frustrations. I guess the passion. You hate losing the Gators, especially when it looked like they were ripe to go down. Yeah. You know, they showed up. You don't like, you don't want to hear it. It's not all about Florida State. Florida State, or Florida was a pretty talented team at the beginning of the year, and they haven't played that, that but they, they, you know, they were into this game. They didn't play a great game. Obviously, they had a ton of penalties. They turned the ball over, but they did enough to win the game. And Florida State didn't. They just made enough mistakes, especially on special teams. But they hung in there again. They fought back. They could have, again, they could have given up. I know people like, we don't want to hear moral victories. I get it. Yeah. But when that game, it looked like it might get out of control for a while. Florida State did what it's been doing for a while. And they fought back, and at least they made it, if not for a whiff. Onside well, kick, who knows what happens at the end of that game. Listen, yeah, I, I get it. Moral victories. We'll, we'll get to that place two or three years from now where you don't want to hear about moral victories. But let me tell you about a moral victory and what it can do for you. It can keep you a guy like Travis Hunter. Because if Travis Hunter was looking yeah. at results only like you are right now, he wouldn't be coming to Florida State. So he sees the, the greater picture that's that's taking place. Florida State was outgunned today. They found a way like they have so often to be in a football game where you're like, how? How's that possible? Yeah. You need to make a couple more plays. You didn't make those plays. That sucks. And it's frustrating because it took four hours to watch. The officials reviewed everything under the sun. And the broadcast crew pissed you off. I get it. I get it. So if you're a little sauced up right now, I fully understand the ingredients that go into that. But here are some of the ingredients that go into our fine post-game show and have all season long. They come from TeamPaper.com. TeamPaper.com for the players by the players. They support athletes at Florida State and other uh, institutions throughout the country. In the era of the NIL, you can put money into the pockets of your favorite athletes across the country. They're not allowed to have another job while they're at Florida State. If you're a musician in the College of Music and you want to go on a tour and perform at concerts throughout the, uh, the winter or the summer, you can. You can make a lot of money doing that. Not so for athletes. So this is why TeamPaper.com exists. 80 cents of every dollar you spend with TeamPaper.com goes directly to the players. And at TeamPaper, they believe that it's more than just about a star, one player or two on a roster. They want to support Every uh, student athlete that wants to join their program can. And so Florida State football, upwards of 20 players. They've got basketball and softball on the way. When you get to teampaper.com and find yourself the Tallahassee bundle, make sure to use code WARCHANT for $10 off the Tallahassee bundle. That's teampaper.com. We thank them for their support all season long. 
Gene, what do you think? You want to go to look at these ugly stats, or do you want to uh, go to the phone calls? What do you think? Yeah, let, let's do some stats, and then we'll, we'll get to our patient callers. And we are up to 122 likes. I appreciate that with Florida State losing a game to the rivals. So a lot of times people don't want to get the yeah. likes. You're not you're not liking the game. You're appreciating you're liking the show, and we do. Thank you very much for doing that. But, yeah, let's look at a couple stats, and then we'll go to the okay. callers. So in yards um, play, you ended up actually higher than Florida. I, I wouldn't have expected. Yeah, it looks pretty that. even across. But Florida State, that last drive, obviously, that ate up. The one thing I want to ask you about, Tom, because I know the aficionado of the X's and O's and the film study, there was a point, I think it was 10 to 7, around that period, third quarter, Florida State went, went to the shotgun with no running backs. Mm-hmm. And I never liked – and look, I know they weren't running well for most of the game. Uh, especially the running backs. We're not getting a whole lot. But I don't like when Florida State goes one-dimensional when you've got a good defensive front when they know what you're going to do. I really didn't like that. It didn't work out well for Florida State. At one point, I remember they had a first and five after one of those 20 offsides you mentioned, and they they were zero backfield. What Do you see any rhyme or reason to doing that, Tom, or what, what was going on there offensively? Okay, so what they, what they did do when they decide that they can't block the opponent is they decide they want to go five wide to make the reads as easy as possible for Jordan Travis. Uh, Kenny Dillingham talked about this after the Clemson game, that when when it's proven and they understand that without the quarterback himself, they can't run the football with any consistency, that they want to go give as many simple reads to the quarterback as they possibly can. So that's why they go to the gun. That's why they even take away the element of a read option or a run of any kind because they're trying to generate those pre-snap matchups to where Jordan has to do less thinking and can find somebody who has the leverage. Because again, even though you're making simple reads with a five-wide concept, we don't have the skill to necessarily win a ton of one-on-ones. So you're just trying to create as many easy looks for Jordan as possible, and then hopefully he can make something happen with his legs too. I know that's not a great answer. I'm just telling you that's the answer that they would give you, and that's the answer that they have given the last couple of times that they've done this. I don't on a first and five. You're telling me you know you can take away the thread of the run on a first and five. I don't get it. I mean, the thread of the run. You, you're still getting a couple yards of run. Yeah. To me, to me, you say simplifies it for Travis to make the reads. I get to be also simplify it for the defense because they don't have to respect the run. Other than Jordan potentially taking off, there's nothing going on there. I, I'm not a fan of it. Um, again, it didn't. It backfired on them, in my opinion. I wish I, I don't like that, especially when it's a three point game. On a first, but whatever, I get it. You're probably right. That's what we're gonna say. So you're showing these stats with yep. Jordan. You got to go the defensive stats stats because there is one guy that jumped out. Oh uh, yeah, he had he had an ugly play in the beginning. He got beat and he missed the tackle, and that's Jamie Robinson. But man, look at that! 18 tackles, tackle for lo- tackle and a half for loss, interception. Hell of a game. That didn't start out very well on that first drive. And it almost, I get you're going to get beat, and it was a good throw, but, man, just make that tackle. There's a big difference between getting him down the 20-yard line and him going all the way. Uh, that's tough, too, in that situation, third and nine. There's one leverage that you can't yeah. give up. It's the leverage behind you. That that You know, he looked rusty mm-hmm. to start the game. He, he did. I thought Jamie Robinson yeah. was isolated in a lot of moments. And Florida did the right thing, man. What they did, Gene, was they decided it's time to isolate against Florida State linebackers and safeties. And you saw that. Uh, play after play, especially that drive with Emory Jones that got them all the way down, but they, you know, he threw the interception in the end zone. They just consistently found isolation with FSU linebackers and safeties, put them in advantageous situations, and they were content to take four and five yards at a time. It'll drive you nuts. We were good with giving it up, and they were good with taking those plays and those yeah. checkdowns. And lo and behold, we bent, but we did not break. We got the football back. But anytime this is an old adage in football, and even in the era of hybrid players, it's still true. 
Anytime you have a member of the secondary leading your team in tackles and doubling up the next closest guy, that means that good things aren't happening. That's a lot of completions out there. That's a lot of plays being made against you where the final line of defense is the one that has to make the play. You know, Jermaine Johnson did show up at times today, had a tackle for loss. Uh, well, yeah. it, was it was a sack, so of course it's going to be a tackle for loss. Three hits on the quarterback. Uh, but this was a game, frankly, Gene, where the officials let them play in the trenches. They let them clutch and grab, and I don't know that that's necessarily disadvantaged Florida State because I think the mismatch, with the bigger mismatch, was Florida's defensive line on FSU's, but that's one reason why you didn't see as much of an impact for number four and number 11 in the white today is because the officials are very much SEC style, which is, hey, man, you guys go hey, ahead. I'm okay with it. There's about three or four plays in the first half. I was waiting for the flag to come out for a late hit or yep. you know, something, and it didn't because it's the SEC to actually let football players play football. So I'm okay with that on the whole. I, you know, you're right. On some of that might have hurt might have hurt Jermaine's day. He might have had a couple more chances for some plays in the backfield, but you take the good with the bad because I guarantee you that penalty total was the ACC. And this game is hard-hitting, as chippy as it was. Yeah, Florida State's probably being rung up with 14, 15 penalties in this game. Yeah, again, I just I think this is another example and a good reminder heading into the offseason. You never want to have a reminder in a loss. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying that's good, but it's a reminder that you just don't have enough good players here yet to get where you want to go. That's what today is about, largely. Uh, you, you could be mad at special teams and for good reason. You could be mad at the defense for giving up third and forever a couple of times and for good reason. You could be mad at the offense and situations looks disjointed or what the hell is the philosophy. And yeah, you're right. Sometimes you're right. But in the end, if you watch that game and you're assessing play for play, who has more talent? It's the group in blue. I mean, all day yeah. long. It, it was easy to see and that we were within the margin that we were within. It all at once gives you hope and pisses you off. But just remember, everybody, that we're trying to get to a place where our players aren't just as good as Florida's players are today. They're better than them, but we've got to get there. Five and two masks a little bit of that, but the truth is still the truth. You know, there's a reason we couldn't get first downs when we needed to on the road at Clemson with a three point lead. You just don't have enough good players to, to count on that to happen. So that's why I think in part for today, why we saw what we saw. And, and I see you out, out there, Brad, I appreciate the contribution how much would it cost for a War Champ broadcast to counter ESPNs? Here's a start. Well, we appreciate you, Thank Brad. You, Brad. Yeah. We'll see that. I don't want to get into the – I don't know how much of there's some tricky stuff when you start doing play-by-play -play of a live broadcast. Right. Uh, they might get a little antsy, but there's no reason we couldn't do a live feed during games or we can comment during the game and maybe exactly. take away a little bit. Maybe you turn your volume down and don't have to listen to RG3 and the other ACC network shenanigans. Yeah. Maybe there's some compromise we can find on that. I guarantee lives. you, even if we can't do play-by-play, -play, I guarantee you that we will talk more about the game in that broadcast yeah. than they did when their job mm -hmm. was to talk about the game in front of them today. Uh, is it that time, Gene? Do we want to go? I think it is. Yeah, uh, let's, we've got some people patiently waiting. Let's uh, Let's hear what they have to say. All righty. His name is unfortunate for today and today only, but oh, uh, he's, no. one of our he's one of our favorite callers, and he is uh, now number 90. Call number 90 into War Champ Proceedings. Oh. To the 757 we go. It's Gator Kirk. Welcome to the program, Gator. Let's hear from you. What's up, Tom? What's up, Gene? How are you guys doing this afternoon? All things okay, Gator Kirk, you know FSU's going to have a good recruiting class, Ohio State law, so it's not it's not completely awful. Yeah, I, I hate those Columbus crew people, but I um I I think this game's on the players. I mean, they just didn't make plays. Third and twenty-one, Jordan Travis not sliding in the first half. Mm. 
we had our opportunities. We have, I mean, honestly, we do have less talent than UF. And we had our chances. We didn't capitalize. We muff punts, things like that. It's amazing how all, all the time the coaches get the blame with it. Players got to go out there and make plays, yeah. and today we didn't. So put this behind us, put this year behind us. And for all you guys out there that are dissing on Mike Norvell and all that, support whoever coaches coaches. I mean, I, I supported Bowden. I supported Jimbo, Taggart, and I'm going to support Norvell. And at the end of the day, we're Knowles fans. I'm, it's, it's amazing to me people argue on the boards and all of that stuff. If be an old, be an old. Stop being a damn – almost said a really bad word. Anyway, <laughs> go Knowles. You guys have a great night. I'm looking forward to next year, all the things coming in. Hey, bamboo's growing. I'm just going to be positive. Not going to worry about the haters you want to hate. Go hate someone else, but don't hate the Knowles because we're here to stay and we're rising. Might not be to our standard what it has been for 40 years, but gosh darn it, we're going to come back. We're going to have a winning season. We're going to go to the Bulls, and we're just going to keep on rising. All you people that want to be haters, just be the haters. Step out of our way because here we're coming. Let's roll. All right, Gator Kirk. Well, I like Gator Kirk bringing it. He's uh, he's speaking the truth, man. I mean, it, I get people are mad. You lost to the Gators. That always sucks. But, man, I mean, it, it, this, this team has come a long way. They still got a long way to go talent-wise. But, man, they're heading the right direction. That's all you want to see. So yeah, give it a break. It sucks. Move on. Um, yeah, and it's very. I love. I love the positivity, Gator Kirk. Yeah, I mean, if, if that's how you want to spend your Saturday evening, is calling for coaches' jobs, and you're going to do so no matter what actually happens. You know, anytime something bad happens, that's uh, that's how you're wired. That's okay though. That's okay. That's why the War Champ message boards are there. It's just many of us won't yeah. be on them during that period of time. We go to Perry, Georgia, and we're going to talk to Chris in Perry, Georgia. Chris, welcome to the War Champ post game show. Go ahead with your thoughts and or question. Hey guys, uh, tough one to watch today. Really uh, painful to watch actually, but uh, I just maybe figured that the whole team in general, the coaches and players, they just don't put much effort into third downs. Uh, just kind of seems like the play calling. You know, they do the typical Florida State call screen on third and 15, which never works. And the players don't seem to run the routes, you know, as hard as they do on the first or even fourth down. Uh, I don't know what it is with third downs. It just kind of gets in their head, it seems like to me, and it's where we lose our games a lot of the times. All right. Well, thanks, Chris. Uh, I I don't necessarily know. I mean, offensively, I think defense is a different story. But it sounds like Chris was mostly talking about the offense and some of it. But I mean, a lot of that's a personnel issue. You don't have the offensive line. We talked about it before. They were down one of their offensive linemen. Florida really had the advantage in the trenches, getting pressure on Jordan. And then when you don't have very good wide receivers, we've talked about it numerous times on this show. You've talked about it, Tom, on Jeff's show. The lack of talent that position. You got to have the quarterback has to have time. So if guys going to run long routes to get those intermediate routes to pick those plays up, you got to have time to make those routes, and you have to have receivers that can get separation to do that. You really don't have either, so it makes it very. Florida State is not a team that's going to do well on third long. Yeah, it's tough for any team, but it's tougher for a team that has just glaring weaknesses at a couple spots on offense. Now defensively, you're talking about that. You got a good point. There were. I mean, what was Florida State? Florida was on third down. They were 11 out of 18. I want to guess close to half of those, probably four or five of those, were what we call third and long plays. And yeah. that's unacceptable. Maybe you pick up one of those. You don't pick up four or five of those in a game. That that 
that is a problem. And I don't know if they were out coached on those plays. I don't know what was going on in those plays. Tommy mentioned one, you know, a couple times they got behind the defender. There's no excuse for that. Um, that's a situational thing. And I know coaches spend a lot of time in those situations in practice. And yeah. I, I, you know, something we'll maybe ask about later to the coaching staff, but you're right that, that defensively, yeah, they dropped the ball several times on third and long on defense. I don't, I don't really have a problem with them not converting the third and longs on offense. Yeah. On offense, if, if you're talent in the trenches and your skill position talent, specifically wide receiver, which is what you need to convert a third and long is closer to the level of Duke than it is Alabama. You can run the perfect route in the world and it's not going to make a damn bit of difference because you don't have the guys to get it done consistently. Plus third and longs, you don't get it done consistently anyway. Like I, I don't know the basis of that question uh, on defense. I hear you on defense. I hear you, but, but on offense, third and long with this group, yeah, you know, if you yeah. convert it, it's because there's a broken play more times than not. Sometimes you'll pick it up fourth and 14 did happen. Fourth and 14 did happen, but I don't know. It's because Andrew Parchment ran a, a better route than he normally runs. I think it's just Miami's not that great of a defense. So, you know, it's just, I don't know. They don't count on third and longs, not for a long time around here. And even then, Jameis Winston made it look easy. Just about any other quarterback in the history of this program is going to have some issues on third and long. So I think Hal's right here. I mean, I, I have seen improvement. I think they're playing better, but they're still not. This is not even an average FBS wide receiver court. They're better because they were absolutely horrific. They're arguably the worst one first half of the season. But, I mean, you can't tell me Andrew Parchman and Ontario Wilson are, you know, even average power five wide receiver course they're not they're good kids they're they're decent but they're yeah. not and maybe if you had one elite guy these guys could be very good complimentary receivers but they need a guy out there whether that's a travis hunter and we had this award chant you can read michael langs's story that's on the front page talking about him playing some offense and playing some wide receiver at florida state maybe a guy like that is he if he is dynamic as he looks Maybe it opens up for these other guys, and they can look pretty good. But, I mean, there, there isn't a guy out there that gives any fear whatsoever to a defense. So, yeah. yeah. And I think the other thing that, that's emerged in the second half of the season, Thomas Ja'Kai Douglas, who has uh, obviously yeah. become – he was not even a part of the offense. So, in that one play against Notre Dame was completely nothing in the first half of the season. He's becoming a real part of that offense. So, yes, they are improved, but it's all relative. They're improved. They're 20% better than they were, 25% better than they were first half of the season but when you start at the bottom I mean you're still in the bottom half when it comes to that yeah exactly and again Bill to clarify here more like Duke than Alabama you know that's all I'm saying I'm not saying they look like Duke I'm saying if you if you had to rank you know where the skill position group here is in Tallahassee is it closer to Duke or Alabama it's closer to the Blue Devils we're five and seven Mm -hmm. you know but to get to five and seven took some real wrangling and some uh, brain power and they and they found a way to do it Unfortunately, the season's over and we don't get a chance to watch these guys one more time. The one thing I'll say before we go to Josh in New York, and he's next on the show, but we'll go to him in just a second. You know, before we were this whole week, Gene, and today in the pregame show, we were talking about how this is just a lovable group because they, they punch above their weight class. They, they become bigger than the sum of their parts. They play smart. Uh, they bought in. They never give up. While that's all true, today was it was kind of an outlier performance. We were like, man, we don't look nearly as smart. Yeah. Day. Like there are going to be times when you're just going to get blown off the football. There are going to be times where our offensive line is just not able to block Florida's defensive line, but they just they weren't as dialed in today. And and you yeah. know if you're just joining this program as we're about 40 minutes into the War Champ post game show, one of the first things that we said, Gene, was the stunt that Florida pulled pregame when they're blocking Florida State's path to the tunnel into the locker room for the visiting uh, team after we were done with our workouts. It might have worked. 
It, it might have worked. Yeah. We, just, we did not. There was so much stuff going on after the play. That's not like us. Not not like we saw today. It was a little bit a little bit different. All right, we'll go to Josh now in New York. He's a frequent caller on this program. He's closing in on twenty calls on nice. Warp Chant TV. Got a way to go to catch Gator Kirk though. But Josh, do oh, he does. Josh. You know, Josh, we were looking forward to meeting the purveyor of the pinstripe bowl himself. I guess it'll have to be on hold for a year. But uh, welcome to the program and. Uh, Happy season finale to you, even though we didn't get the result today. What do you think, Josh? Yeah. Um, first, thank you guys for everything all year long, man. It's making my days go by quick with uh, my three-year-old and my newborn. I appreciate it all. Hey, congratulations. And, uh, no, I, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, he was born last week, so thank oh, you. Oh, awesome. Man. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, secondly, uh, about the game. You know, the, today, like, like I was just listening to Tom. It's like it's really about the Jimmys and Joes today. It wasn't really about the X's and O's. They lined up, and I was just like trying to remember some of the plays where they would just line up, and you would see eleven people in the screen because they were going man to man, no safety over the top, and just daring us to to beat them, and we couldn't do it. So, like, it's not really, it's really about those Jimmys and Joes. The second thing was, you know, it, it shined a light on the ugliness of our roster like receivers, linebackers, and O-line. That's Everybody that roots for Florida State knows that that was our that, – that plagued us all year. That was our Achilles heel. And we hoped that we mastered enough, but we didn't. So, But kudos to the coaches. And then third thing is, you know, our third quarter lulls, again, that I spoke about last week, I, I just – it still rears its ugly head. I don't know yeah. how we get over that, but third quarters – have for me and maybe i'm wrong but i just feel like the third quarters have been the uh the the, the achilles heel for this team throughout the year in some spots we were good but like i third quarters for me was just it and uh we need i i think we still need a quarterback in the transfer portal if we ever if you ever don't yeah. think that we don't need one look at what happened in the first half like we can't go through this if we're going to be an elite team can't have our quarter starting quarterback get hurt and then all of a sudden we just don't do anything so like we have to, you know, we have to. I think we have to go get a a, a QB in the in the portal. And uh, finally, I agree with uh, my guy Gator Kirk because a lot of people troll out there. Stop being a troll. <laughs> be a no. No one is putting you on their search committee for coaches. So everybody just relax and be a fan. Thank you guys as always. I appreciate it. Um, and go Knowles as always. All right, thanks, Josh. Hey, great call. I like that. Don't be a troll, be a knoll. Maybe that's a T-shirt, Tom. For uh, we'll have be. to have here for the off season. I like that. Uh, you know, I, that's right. Josh had brought up the third quarter before, and he nailed it. Florida. I mean, that was the difference of the game. You look at it, ten nothing Florida in that quarter, yeah. and that that was the difference in the game. And a couple of those things happened in that quarter. But again, we go back to special teams for beating the dead horse. You started out first. You had the line drive kick that put him in great position, and then you had the you had the muff. The muff kick too, and that that's really what's that gave Florida their ten points. Those two special teams gas is why Florida State got from a seven seven game. Yeah, they got seventeen seven going in the fourth quarter there, and that was the difference in the game. Yeah, again, you know, again when you when you get to a, a ten point margin, a three point margin, you look at those plays, and they're the ones that are going to be magnified, and they should be. Like you know, the third quarter lulls, I hear you. We didn't come out exactly. Uh, humming on offense and we had the ball to start the half and you're thinking seven to seven we got the ball okay yeah. we can set the pace here uh, it felt like we hardly had the football in the first half but here you could change everything about the way that building is and going. you really never had the ball in the third quarter i mean that yeah. was just 
Yes. The, the best thing you did was pin them down inside their own territory. And then, you know, how, how did you reward yourself by muffing a punt? So um, I think some of it is personnel related, Josh, to the third quarter lulls. I don't know how much is coaching related. I don't know. It's, it's hard to tell, especially when you're just getting destroyed in the trenches like we were. And then some of it's freakish. I mean, that, that muff punt is just. I know, it, I know it's it's predictable, and yet it's also freakish at the same time when it happens. And, when, it, yeah. but we've had, when there's a freakish thing happening every game of the season, Tom, at some point it becomes there's some coaching issues there. There's something something ain't right. I don't know what's going on on Correct. special teams, but something needs to be fixed. Mike Nordell yeah. needs to look at that. And I think Josh brought up – I'm sorry. If you got something else – go ahead. I got something else. Go ahead and finish up what you're going to say. No, I was going to say there was also a kick return, Gene, where just because you yeah. catch it in the corner at the five-yard line doesn't mean you can't fair catch it. You can yeah. still fair catch it from there. There's no – there's no reason. And I'm yelling at my buddies and I'm watching this. I'm going just on that play before you even return it, go just fair catch it because you're going to end up inside the 10 yard line. Right. And of course, there's the flag and you had started the series at the nine yard line. I knew it the second he caught it was going to happen. Yeah. If we can't block <laughs> it with the width of the field, how are you going to block it in a yeah. more narrow area of the field? But anyway, so I want to do that. That's why they pin you down in the corner because they the coverage teams can slide to that side. And more and pin you down so you can't have a return. So that's absolutely maybe you get a, a lower line drive kick in the middle of the field. Okay, maybe you run that one out, but yeah, not not when you're pinning the corner. I was going to say the other thing Josh brought up was a very good point, and we talked about a lot is the need for a transfer quarterback. And look, we've seen big strides of Jordan Travis. He's becoming a a true dual threat quarterback. He can run, and now it's looking like he can pass. And imagine if you upgrade the receiver position. I think you really could have a very good quarterback next season. And it could help Florida State win a lot of games. But at the end of the day, man, he still gets hurt easily. Um, and look, A.J. Duffy, man, I'm excited. I've heard some really good buzz about this kid. But at the end of the day, he's going to be a true freshman. Uh, I don't know if Tate Rodemaker is ready to come in and be that guy, man. If you've got a quality transfer in there, just to, you know, if he gets hurt a game or two or a series or two, whatever the case is, to have a quality guy coming. We saw the disaster. Who knows what happens in that first half? If Chubba Purdy doesn't leave, and I hate to say it again, the first thing I thought of when McKenzie went out there, you knew it was going to be a disaster. And I'm like, here we go again. What if Chubba's here? What if Florida State had Chubba and they went and scored on one of those? Yeah. The whole dynamic of the game could have changed. And that maybe you're up 14 7, 17 7 the first half. And we knew that. And you guys talked about it. Florida falls behind in this game. All that bravado and chippiness and all that stuff, when they start losing, they're like, they're looking for the exit. They're like, I want to go home. I want to get out of here, but you never did that. And maybe that could happen if you had a quality quarterback as a backup. Yeah, that's listen, you know, if you can't count on Jordan Travis to complete a game at any point, and he has he has done so, but if it's a 50-50 proposition that he's gonna to have to come out or you don't know that he's gonna be able to operate at less than a hundred percent, then yeah, you've got to have somebody that you can go to in that moment. At minimum, at minimum, you gotta have somebody that you can go to that can get you a couple of first downs. But you also need somebody to elevate the room. And I'm not talking about elevating the way with a rah-rah feel like Mackenzie Milton. I mean, actually elevate it. Bring talent to the room. Challenge Jordan Travis. You think he's developed well already? Imagine how much Jordan Travis can develop when he's pushed by somebody else who is apt at the position. Like, you've got to create that. And this mm -hmm. is where it gets tough, Gene, you know, because the warm and fuzzies about this season are you started 0-4, you never gave up, you had every reason to, but you never gave up, and you fought your way back to the brink of going to a bowl. That's the warm and fuzzy part. So we love these kids for doing that. But the cold-blooded part behind that, now that the season is over, is you've got to recruit over, recruit over every one of these kids. You've got to try to. You've got to elevate the talent in this room. You should never be in a position at Florida State to be fighting for your bowl life. And the best way to get from where we are now to where we want to go is even if you've got a favorite player on that team, 
we got to find somebody better than mm-hmm. your favorite player on that team. That's Mike Norvell's job right now, and that's what all the in-home visits and, and last-minute uh, shenanigans between now and December the 15th are going to be all about. We've, you've got to get better players in here. And, and the difference now in this era of college football is it's not just on December 15th with the early signing period. It's also the transfer portal. So 100%, Gene. 100% agree that there's got to be an overhaul to the mm-hmm. roster. That's that's what the offseason's about. You've got a culture now, but you got to get better players in here. We go out to Memphis and we're going to talk to Caleb once again. Caleb, welcome back to the War Champ Post Game Show. Thanks for calling and give us your thoughts on uh, on a tough Saturday here in Tallahassee. Hey guys, tough loss. Yep. Um, my question was going to be about Jordan Travis, but we just talked about it. So <laughs> I guess I'll just talk about how we can't. We can't blame Mike Norvell and we can't blame the defense because, again, we don't have the players. And then, again, we forced three turnovers. So I don't understand why people on the defense are getting mad at Fuller for the defense. We forced three turnovers. What else do you want to do? And then, of course, McKenzie Milton just – it was a great play call by Dillingham. The dude is wide open. He just overshoots him in his pick. Like, as a coaching staff, there's nothing you can do there. We want to talk about special teams, but again, we don't have special teams talent. You wonder why we constantly have to rotate guys to catch punts and kick returns because we don't have someone that does that effectively. We don't have guys that our ability to block it up so we can even get down the field. That's why we have to fair catch all the time. So I think that we just need to realize that there's not a lot of good players on this team, and a lot of those good players are going to be leaving. Yeah. So I just really hope – that this recruiting class is as good as it's being advertised and that Travis Hunter is as good as he's being advertised. Go Knowles. Come on. We, we constantly, we constantly are unsatisfied when we win, but then when we lose, we want to scream and fire people. So, so <laughs> there you go, Caleb. Well, Caleb, great call. I, I, you know, man, our callers are bringing it tonight. They are. Well, Caleb gets something and, and I know Gene, this might not make you happy, but you know, Maybe maybe the message board isn't the place for you after the game is over, unless you just want to watch a car wreck happen in slow motion. You know, well, some no- people do. I think ninety percent of the people that go to that message board just watch the car accident. They don't want to be involved in it. Right. Well, I'm talking about somebody just watching. If you want, you know, a post count to be like, what are you, what are you even talking about? Like, if you just want to watch that, okay, I guess then maybe go there. But don't legitimize trolls, man. It's it's that simple. You know, be it in this comment section, be it on the boards, be it on social media. Like that's. Those people are, are will never be satisfied. So for the rest of us, yes, let's hope that this Tribe 2022 class that we'll be doing a lot of coverage for here at Warchant TV, Warchant.com over the coming weeks, let's hope that they are as advertised. But Gene, even at best, with those particular players that are coming out of high school, let's just say uh, for every 20 kids you bring in, how many can you realistically expect yeah. contributors next year? Like four or five? Is Is that a fair number? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's where the it's more about the portal. I think yes. you're building for the future. And I got, if we get back to town thing, and there's still people debating the Jimbo, the Willie, the you know all this. But look, at the end of the day, most of the guys that FSU is counting on are not even recruited by Norvell because he didn't. The recruiting classes were just complete trash before he got here, and then you had the COVID year. Yeah. Um, this is his first real recruiting class, and you're seeing it now. You can go back. You can go back a year or two from now and go, these guys didn't pan out, or they did. Whatever, we'll see. But on paper, it looks like it's going to be pretty good. But I mean, to your point, Tom, yeah, I think really this is more about the portal thing. We saw it. The reason why you were a lot better this season, a big part of it was those transfers. 
those yeah. Keir Thomases or Jermaine Johnsons, without those guys, man, I don't know. You win two games maybe without yeah. those two yeah. guys. I don't know. Um, so that's to me, that's the immediate thing you're going to need to, again, get a couple of those guys there. I think maybe the quarterback we talked about, a quality quarterback who can provide some depth there. Um, maybe a wide receiver, maybe another offensive lineman, because I think you get all the DLT back, I believe, on that offensive line. But still, and maybe get a guy like Schrader can come in and contribute more who's been injured all season. I mean, maybe another transfer in there will help some depth at that position. But, I mean, there's a lot of ifs that you got to fill through the portal. Now, recruiting, this is more going to be, yeah, two or three guys may come in and help you out a little bit this year especially Travis Hunter on offense, but you're talking 2023-24 where this recruiting class is really going to pay dividends. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and they did a good job this year. There were some whiffs in the end portal. Yeah. I mean, they're always there's going to be kids in a portal for a reason, right? So you're not going to be hitting it 100%, but you need to duplicate. Like there's pressure now, Gene, legitimate pressure yeah. to duplicate the success that they had in the defensive line. You don't have to find yourself a top 25 player in the NFL draft like Jermaine Johnson, but you've got to find something. But McClendon and some of the other kids that were hurt this uh, preseason camp aren't going to be enough to fill that void. I mean, Keir Thomas and Jermaine Johnson did wonders for this group, but yeah. you know, you can't even you can't find me two or three blue chippers. Um, uh, you, you could talk about a legacy kid, Marvin Jones Jr. I, man, Gene, if he's a good enough player to get you four or five sacks next year, assuming that he even comes to Florida State, that's a win. You, you can't just replace yeah, yeah maybe maybe it's more if you got maybe a little bit more depth there and you rotate two or three guys at the two positions you get yep. some quality production out of them maybe not maybe not the dominating Jermaine Johnson but at least it's not a liability it's average to above average at the position and you get better and better I think maybe that's what you're looking for when you hope you're better at other positions that offensive line develops you got more guys back the quarterback Jordan should be even better next year the receiver talent should be improved um, you're hoping you can improve it. We saw the secondary, the defensive backfield definitely made to me. That may be the most improved position that I saw in the second half of the season. And you have to be able to improve at linebacker as well. Um, so, I mean, I think you may be maybe not quite as good as some of the defensive line, but I think you'd be better almost everywhere else on the field. And you can't be any worse than special teams, right, Tom? Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and to Caleb's point, it's a good call for, for a lot of reasons. But yeah. If you're shuffling bodies in and out, it's because you don't have the talent that you need to get simple jobs done, like simple things done. We, we couldn't block on kick returns. We couldn't cover on kick returns all season long. And that's a sign of a lack of depth, too. It's a sign of a lack mm -hmm. of skill and a lack of depth. So the better the roster gets, the, the more likely you are to see stud blue chip freshmen that have just come into the program playing on special teams and, and lighting the world on fire like Telvin Smith once did years ago, like Carlos Williams did when he first got on campus. But you just need a lot of them. Like one or two players ain't enough. You're gonna need 10, 15, 20 of them over the next couple of years that could be difference makers to get us from five and seven to something close to a 10 win season. But that's uh that's not tomorrow. That's not happening tomorrow. We go to one of our favorite callers on the War Champ Post game show. I was hoping we'd hear from him today. He's near Gainesville, but he's not in Gainesville. Ocala, right? It's Gene in Ocala. Yes. Hey Gene, welcome to the program. Sorry, it's not under better circumstances, but we'd love to hear your thoughts. Gene, are you there? Yeah, Gene, go ahead. Yeah. What's going on, man? Hey, Gene. How y'all doing? We're hanging in, Gene. We're happy to hear from you. Go yeah. ahead, man. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, man, it was a tough, tough, tough look at today. The only thing that I, um, you know, I, I kind of calmed down since my first, <laughs> since my initial call in. So, you know, it's calmed down, taking a cue from Gator Kirk and some of the other positive guys. You know, great season. I just... 
man, that third quarter, our mm-hmm. ability to adapt mm-hmm. has got to change. Our ability to um, be able to counter the counter has got to change. If not, we're just going to keep doing the same thing and get punched in the mouth and hope that the fourth quarter brings us miraculous victories after miraculous victories. And as we've seen, it's just it, we're, we're, we're too many players away from that. Um, but great, great, great season. Um, my, my biggest worry is just like, you know, Tom just got something saying, number four and number 11, how are you going to replace that? Because that defense – really traveled a lot this year and I just my you know I, just just to end it just just to really think about this and you guys talk talk about this you know did it not look like he did not prepare these guys for this kind of environment for this kind of rivalry because yeah Miami's at the house mm-hmm. but this yeah. was what you were afraid of with Miami coming there were they going to be able to handle that kind of rivalry and it seemed like they just, you know, yes, Miami met us on the field in the fourth quarter, and the juices were flowing, but that was at the house. Then this, what, what, maybe five minutes before the game, they met us in the field, and it seemed like every chance we got, we, we started going back to the, the cheap shots and the, the not, you know, being so angry that you're not concentrating on your assignment. Yep. You know, Jamie Robinson at the beginning, he was doing a lot of John, if you go back and look at the pregame, yeah, and he gets burned twice. One was for almost a touchdown, and then the other one was for a touchdown. Yep. So you know, it's just certain things like that. I love the, I love the team. I love my nose, and um, thank you guys for what you did this year. I'm, I'm, hopefully, we can uh, have ten victory calls or twelve victory calls next year. You know, you guys stay safe and go nose. Thank you, thank Gene. you, Gene. Always a good call, man. Appreciate you dialing in. Um, you know, what I was looking was, as Gene was talking, I was going back and look at that third quarter. I'm still not so sure about it was really so much adjustment. So I went back and looked. So I don't know if you remember, Tom, the first force, they gets the ball to start and they had Gibbons had a procedure penalty, put him in a hole. We've talked about it time and time again. This team is not good enough to overcome right. being behind the sticks. It's just, it's a tough situation. They don't have the talent to do that. Now they had, then they had the line drive, um, punt. That they netted like 15 yards. So Florida gets a field goal. It's 10-7. Big deal. You get the ball back. You may forget this. They drove down to Florida's 30. Now, this is one where Travis, this was a bad play in his part where he took the sack because they were in field goal range, tie the game, potentially at 10-10. You take the sack. Um, and uh again, you get then you get the stop and you, you muff it. You know, I don't know if it's so much an adjustment. It's it's two decisions. It's it's a penalty and it's taking a sack. And then it's and then it's the muff punt. And next thing you know, you're down when you were at seven seven. Next thing you know, you're down ten on the road and Florida's got all the momentum. Yeah, I, I hear you, Gene. I agree with a, a lot of that because um Jordan, it's not the first time on a third and you can't yeah. sack, take a sack that he's taken a sack in those moments. And I understand that the offensive line sometimes is just a, a swinging gate. You know, it's just wide open and you don't have any mm-hmm. time to react if you're Jordan. But you also have to know where you can get rid of the ball if there's an emergency. I thought one of the best plays Jordan made last week on the road to Boston College was a third and seven. He breaks the pocket, he rolls right, and he decides to throw the football away. And we end up kicking a field goal in that situation. Um, that, that kind of poise is easier when you can break the pocket and not get killed, and you have time to process what's going on, see there's nothing there, and get rid of the ball versus I'm being it, it's bearing down on me within a second after the snap. 
But at the same time, the best quarterbacks make those plays where it's it's a neg- it's it's a zero. It's yeah, not a there's nothing with three points. I mean, that's three right. points you just right. took off the board, potentially, it's, if he makes a field goal. And clearly we thought that we were close enough to kick the field goal, even though we've had some kicking issues this year, because you saw on the fourth down in that sequence, Gene, we tried to call some sort of trickish play where Rector gets under the, the long snapper to try and draw Florida offsides. It was fourth and yeah. forever. But those five yards clearly mattered enough to the coaching staff because they thought that was the difference between a pooch kick mm-hmm. and actually trying to kick a field goal. So that's where, again, it's underscored even more that Jordan Travis taking a sack there is a killer. I mean, that is an absolute momentum killer and a, and a, and a point killer for you. They just, I think Gene raises the point well, and it's something I want to chew on a little bit tonight a little bit more, but we've, we've talked about it. They didn't look like themselves today. And if that's yeah. because I didn't have them ready, or Gene, because, Gene brought that up, man. You know, you thought maybe because they'd been to Clemson, they played Miami, you know, they, they're to the level they can handle this kind of environment, but clearly they weren't. He brought that up. I mean, maybe the, the stage was too big for them because they're like, wow, a lot of people are now expecting us to win in a rivalry game on the road to get bowl eligible. There's a lot on the plate. So they were, it's a different mentality when you're going to that situation. You know, Miami, at the end, Miami was favored coming into your place. Most people are not expecting you to win that game. So it's a different mentality going into the game. Like then when Florida gets in your face and is being chippy and is jawing at you constantly, you know, it, again, we talked beginning, they got in Florida State's head. And that's that's another thing that's part of the maturation process. You've seen that you can't, hopefully next time they learn from that and they don't let that shake them. But it did shake them in this game. Yeah. Uh, next up, he said he wasn't going to call, but it looks like I see him in the uh, in the holding area. So we go out to Cincinnati. Are we talking with Angel here? Is this Pillar Eric? Go ahead. Welcome to the War Champ Post Game Show. Hey, Tom and Gene. What's going on, guys? Eric, what's up, buddy? Oh, not much. Uh, well, you know, we hang in there and today, and, you know, we just self-destruct on some things, which cost us late, but, you know, we made a comeback. And I agree with Gator Kirk. Uh, if you're going to be a knoll, be a knoll and don't troll. And I agree with a lot of things our other guy from – Ocala, Gene. But, uh, yeah, I like the positive where we're going into 2022, and hopefully we get some recruits and they all come on board in you know, a few weeks. So, yeah, I'll see you guys in the spring game. All right, Eric. Cool. We appreciate you, Eric, as always, man. Uh, the pillar good, buddy. has decided to weigh in. Yeah, and I think that's as time goes on, Gene, the perspective starts to present itself and the emotion dies down. It's like uh, there's a saying that uh, they use in corporate America. If you're being emotional, you cannot be rational. It's one or the other. And as the emotion wears down, you just look. Yeah, at I'm you- seeing less fire. To the first uh, half hour of the show, every other post was fire Norvell. And those are kind of going away. Because I get it. You lose to Florida. I get it. You're a Florida State fan. Especially you've been in Gainesville. You've, you've de- dealt with all the nonsense and the jorts and the, and the mullets and all the nonsense that goes on, the Tebow love and all the crap yeah. that goes on down there. Yeah. I get it. You hate losing to those clowns. Um, you know, so I understand the emotions, especially when you thought you had them on the ropes. They fired their coach. And I, I said to the guys, as soon as they fired Mullen, I was not – Corey's the one who told me, sitting in one of our favorite watering holes, and Corey was there and told me that. And I just said, that's not good, man. I wanted him to coach one more game. I really think this might have been a different game if Mullen is there. I, I just think these guys went a different attitude. They're like, screw it. Our coach is gone. We're just going out. We're going to troll this team. We're just going to you know, be chippy and just do whatever. And it worked. I, I don't know if Florida wins this game, and Mullen hangs out for one more. 
yeah, they probably would have been asleep at the wheel for the entirety of the game. And and still, you know, the funny thing is, if you want to look at the positive of how how are you in these games with the, the lack of talent compared to your rival, it's seven to seven at the break, you know. And Jordan Travis missed pretty much half of that first yeah. half in terms of the possession count. Um, and and you found a way to be in the game, but it's just when you have when you have a deficiency in talent, you have to let the little things override you know, uh, that lack of, or that, that talent deficiency in order to be able to win a football game. And that's where we come back to the two magic words of this particular post game show, special teams really can elevate you or they can kill you. And special teams has killed Florida state all season long. We've won five games in spite of it, but today you can pin it on a lot of things, the trenches, you can pin it on some decisions, some missed tackles, third and forevers, but special teams, I think is the hallmark of this game. Uh, we will note to Terry, our call screener right now, I'm seeing three or four folks in the uh, calling room. Uh, no more calls. These are our final callers of the season on the War Champ postgame calling show. We may have some other elements for you cooking up in, in the weeks and months to come, and, and we look forward to that at War Champ TV. Another reminder, if you're joining us, I know you don't like the way today went, but if you're, if you're still with us and you're one of the hundreds and hundreds of people that are, uh, we would appreciate if you throw a like underneath this video on the YouTube page because what it helps us do is find more Noel fans who are looking for great coverage. And we've got awesome coverage coming. Cruton season is now in oh, full force. Yeah. Wait till you see we got in store for National Signing Day. Yeah. Michael Langston, your job just got a lot more under the microscope uh, over the next couple of weeks. If it wasn't already, it really is now. But we're going to have all kinds of content, as always, right here on WarChan TV starting tomorrow, 7 p.m. It's the Sunday Smash with our own managing editor, Ira Chaffel. Our own host extraordinaire, Jeff Cameron, those two in the uh, not suitable for work language department should be an interesting one tomorrow night at 7 p.m. right here on WarChan TV. Uh, those guys are hard at work, obviously, our Ira, Corey, and the gang. I believe uh, Austin and Aslan both made the trip as well down to Gainesville, so there'll be great content for you there on WarChan as well. Uh, Gene, we're not going to go to Mike Norvell today. We're just going to hear from more callers. Is that correct? So Yes, and you can catch him. If it's not up already, it will be up soon on War Channel TV if you want. I would prefer you hang out and watch the end of the show yep. as we continue to discuss Florida State, Florida, and uh, Florida State football and take listen to some of our callers, and we share your, your comments via social media, and then go watch Mike Norvell in a couple player interviews on War Channel TV. You can do that, and that's why you want to subscribe so you get all that stuff. Exactly. You hit that subscribe button. Every time we go live here on WarChan TV, every time we bring you more coverage, you will be alerted on the homepage of YouTube.com. It's it's one click for you now to save you dozens of clicks later as you're looking for no content. We now go to the 321. That's not Irish uh, column. It's not Irish Bell's column. That is an area code, the 321. Who are we speaking to on the WarChan postgame show? Go ahead, mystery caller. Hey, uh, this is Seth Hausman. I've been... Uh... Tipping on the uh, Jeff Cameron show a lot recently, I was the guy who said uh, this morning that uh, Des Lee and Kirk picked us, so I didn't know how I felt about it. Yeah, when, when Des, it's funny lie. you said that. Sid, when, De, when Des picked us, I said we're going to lose. Yeah, you know, so I uh, I listened to Je the Jeff Cameron show all week, and I, I I love that content. I love the Sunday Smash with Ira Schofield. Please keep that NSFW. I know a lot of people complain about <laughs> that. But I think they're being children in 2021. Um, I just, I always get worried when people are really bullish on FSU. Um, I knew this was going to be a dog fight and I just kind of want to hit on the, uh, the special teams thing, you know, like other people have said, when you don't have a ton of depth to begin with, that's really going to show on your special teams unit because you're asking guys that would probably never see the field, even on special teams to now make plays on key downs. 
And then I agree, The there are probably three points in the game. One, I think, halfway through the first quarter. One uh, at the end of the first half. And then another one in the third quarter. I mean, we, we left nine points out on the field. And uh, I, I think that's really the game. Um, hopefully, Jordan, which it seems like he will, will grow from that next year. And just a uh, tough game, you know. We all wanted to win, but a uh, three-point loss at the end of the season to go five and three. You know, go Knowles and uh, look forward to next year. No, we appreciate the call. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, on the bright side of things, if Jordan can stay healthy, his development has gotten to a place where it's not crazy to suspect that you know, those kinds of situations will be managed in a much more clean way. I mean, Jordan's gotten better, plain and simple. In yeah. a lot of ways, he's gotten better. So this offseason, more work, get a full spring. Make sure he's fully healthy for that, fully healthy for a fall camp. Remember, you know, we can go back to that now, Gina. I'm sure speak about it a little bit more openly. Jordan Travis was available for what percentage of fall camp would you say? 60? Might that be a little generous? Yeah, maybe 50. Yeah, 50 um, or 60. And that was the thing. Yeah, last year missed a lot of time. I mean, that's the thing. And imagine him having an improved offensive line and maybe at least one, if not two, better wide receivers in that core to get separation, man. I don't think people realize that you watch these NFL games and it's amazing if you take out it because there's injuries all over the place. It's funny when you take out the two superstars, suddenly these all world beater quarterbacks aren't very good. And people don't understand why. Well, when you take out elite players at the wide receiver position, it's not like the other team's going to say, oh, well, we're just going to let that quarterback throw. They're like, no, we're going to match up on your second string wide receivers. And guess what? They're not as good. Yep. You're not getting the separation. Those windows get smaller. And it's harder and harder to make those plays. But the same token, once you get better wide receivers, they get bigger separation. It's a lot easier for quarterbacks to make those passes. So I think when you see those things click in with a more experienced quarterback that's going to improve, I do think you'll see much better play at the quarterback position next year and improved offense across the board. Yeah, agreed. That's that's the hope. I mean, there was a commenter earlier, and you agreed with him, Gene, that the wide receivers have gotten better. They have. Yeah. They just that there is a ceiling to what they can do as well. You're just you're looking for low ceiling. Yeah, the floor is improved, but the ceiling's still kind of low. Indeed. We go out to the West Coast. We're going to LA. This is Harris in Los Angeles. Welcome to the program. Harris, go ahead. You're on the War Champ postgame show. Hi guys. Um, well, you know, if we're gonna take losses like that, I'll take my losses at nine AM every time. <laughs> That's right. West Coast, you get to sleep through yeah. that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um and so I'm a, I'm a former walk-on, um, and I, I played under, uh, you know, Bobby's last year and, and under Jimbo. Um, and, you know, Jimbo was a, a great coach. Um, he was kind of a weird guy. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. and he certainly knew his – he knew what he was doing. But I, I just – I wanted to say that, like – and obviously I haven't, you know, played under Mike Norvell, but the the, the passion that he brings to his – and you, you can just see it. You can see it on the sideline. You can see it in his, in his pregame, um, you know, interviews and his postgame interviews. I mean, I, I haven't seen a passion like that really since, since Bobby. And I, I think, I, I think he's the guy. I really do. Um, and I don't think we need to tear down um, any previous coaches to build any current coaches up. But, you know, I, I, I really just think that uh, he, he's got the right mentality to uh for, for what the school needs what the program needs so, so Harry, i think give him a little time i'll be all right 
Uh, Harris, let me ask you a question real quick. So you were a walk-on at the time of transition for the program. It's actually my time. I, I graduated in December of 09, so we were, around, we were on campus around the same time. And you stuck around. You were with Jimbo for 2010, or, or how much longer were you with the program as a walk-on? Uh, th this was this was just before. Or, so my last game was was the uh, the Gator Bowl with okay. West Virginia. So okay. it was right before Jimbo had brought on all of his new his new staff. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. So he was in charge of the offense. Though. So what things did you see towards the end of, of Bobby's time when Jimbo was imparting his will, imposing his will on the offense, and the improvements? So they, do you see any parallels between? The things you saw as Jimbo was installing a new mindset, and albeit on the offense only, and what Nor Mike Norvell is doing, are there any similarities, or am I, am I reaching for a question that there's just no answer to right now? Well, it's hard to say. Uh, I mean, you know, Jimbo was he, he was attached to the hip to EJ always, mm -hmm. um, and you know, his he was always so quarterback centered, and I, I really think that um, that that Coach Norvell is is very kind of he's more uh, rounded. I think he's more well-rounded, and I think he's he takes more of a holistic approach a, approach to the offense more so than than uh, than than Jimbo. Now, granted, this is just from a you know a bird's eye view, um, but that's kind of that's the 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 the, the parallel that I would uh, that I would draw and the uh, the distinction that I would make. I, I really think that 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 Coach Morvell is is a a more as, at least as far as the offense is concerned a more kind of you know broad strokes purpose you know try to cover every base rather than you know let, let's let's really focus in on this on, on what we have at quarterback and i think that may that may be a, a result of you know just kind of necessity because he doesn't have he doesn't have the toys to play with that that, that jimbo did yeah mm -hmm. that's true well, we appreciate the perspective, Harris, and, and thanks for calling in from the West Coast. Um, that was an interesting time in the program's history, and things yep. got better. They got better fast. Uh, but, you know, just from, from watching it from afar, Gene, you were covering the program for that transition and this transition, and I was just starting to cover the football program at that time. You could see it early on. Yeah. There, was, there was a buy-in, and you could see changing habits. Instead of guys – I said this term before because there was a lot of that today for both programs, Florida and Florida State. Instead of guys showing their ass – and and showing out for the wrong reasons and not paying attention to making heavy plays, uh, those habits at some point change. It might have been spring of 2010 that they did. We've seen that transformation now to where it looks like there's buy-in and culture established, a foundation established. You just got to get better dudes in here, and Jimbo was able to do that yeah. really fast. I mean really fast. Yeah, one of the first signs you saw from that was recruiting. I'll just never forget that class with uh, LaMarcus Joyner, Jeff Luke, and I know Luke ended up transferring, but still – there was instantly Christian Christian Jones, those guys, a lot of these guys came in early on in the process. You're like, wow, this guy's bringing in some elite talent, despite FSU being, as you as you know, the end of the last decade. There wasn't a whole lot to hang your hat on, but it, guys were buying in right away. And again, it's, this class seems very similar because you got to keep in mind, this is really his first recruiting class, Mike Norvell. To me, that's, you know, obviously the improved play in the field you've seen, despite I know people are frustrated what happened today. But you can't deny that the product on the field is worlds better than it was a year ago or even just a couple months ago. The product is much better. They're putting out the field. They're being competitive. They're competent. Look, they had some they had some backsliding in terms of some of the, uh, I don't know, the focus issues, whatever you want to call them, uh, not playing heady football as much as they have in the past. And so rivalry games, sometimes that happens. But at the end of the day, the, the direction of the program is positive, and you're seeing it, like I said, there. You're seeing it in recruiting. 
So yeah, it's it's what you need to see. Now he needs to grow on this. Obviously, you need to secure that recruiting class. We talked before about getting the portal guys. I mean, there's there's some key things. You could still have a good recruiting class and get these guys back and still not have a great season if you don't plug in some holes in the portal. Because we talked about earlier, Tom, the recruiting class can only help you so much, right? Because you can't depend on a bunch of true freshmen to come in and fill fill key spots and key holes. And the truth of the matter is, you're losing a couple guys that are probably going to be playing on Sundays on that defensive line. And that was a big part of the resurgence. So you need to be able to replace that. But if you can do that, I think you'll, I mean, I I can't imagine they wouldn't have a even better season next year. And they continue to build and build from there because you see two other programs are competing against, frankly, Florida and Miami, despite Florida having a better record, they are in flux. They don't have a head coach. You're in a great position to take advantage of that. And that's a very similar position Jimbo was in when he took over after, you know, Harris talked about that 2009 season when Jimbo took over in 2010. It was a very similar dynamic going on within the state at the time. Yeah, I think it's something to keep in mind. And Noel Grant, I'll get to that question in just a minute. Thank you for your contribution. But LaMarcus Joyner was a part of that 2010 class, right? And so we weren't in position to win a national title until 12. Now, we came up short at NC State on the road, and we lost to Florida that year with five turnovers. But that was the first year where you felt like, you are now in position to cash in on the kids you brought in. That's the 2010 class, and it was a 2012 season. Yeah. This doesn't happen overnight with a kid saying yes to you. Now, it could get you back in contention for, you know, top 25 status. I think uh, we'll take a 2010-esque season in oh, 2022, yeah. Tom. We'll take that. I think everybody would be thrilled with that. That's one of my favorite teams ever. Yeah. You know, they were limited in so many areas, Gene, but they every week they had somebody blow somebody up over the middle of the field in a legal yeah. way. It was just that was a fun team to watch. Noel Grad, I see your question. We're gonna come back to it in just a second, but one more time for this season. Our friends at teampaper.com remind you that they support Florida State athletes and athletes around the country for the players, by the players in the era of the NIL, teampaper.com. Every dollar you spend at teampaper.com. 80 cents goes right into the pockets of the athletes that are part of their program. Upwards of 20 Florida State Seminole football players who have worked really hard this year are a part of Team Paper's program. So if you go to Team Paper right now, find the Tallahassee Bundle, use code WARCHANT, you will get $10 off the Tallahassee Bundle. There is going to be TeamPaper.com athletics announcements in Tallahassee for basketball and softball, maybe more sports too. We congratulate the soccer team for making the College Cup once again. With an overtime win yesterday, can't Woo-hoo! wait. To Hopefully, they can finish the job in the College Cup this year. It would be wonderful to see, and maybe they'll be a part of this program. But the folks at Team Paper recognize hard work, and they want to make sure that it's not just the the five star quarterback or the number one overall kid in the 2022 class that's coming to Tallahassee that are recognized. It's more players than that. So well, let, let's hopefully that five star will be a member of Team Paper. But wait and see. Hopefully. We shall see. But even if you got the Tallahassee bundle and that five-star player was apart, they'd spread every dollar around yes. evenly among all players. So well it's a really good program, and we thank our, fo- our friends at teampaper.com for their support. So, Noel Grad, you asked the question. You're down 10. It's fourth I and got nine. it. There you go. Oh, there you go. There Sorry, you go. There we go. Competing clicks. Uh, do you go for it? I say yes. It's yeah. a two-score game. We've gone for it in, in lower leverage or, or lower percentage situations. Why wouldn't you try it now? I, I get the flow of the game was against Florida State. I get you're on your own 18-yard line, but it, it's dire either way. I'd rather keep the ball if we have the ball. What do you think, Gene? Well, like I said, I, I'm putting a project on you for the offseason to chart all of Mike Norvell's fourth down decisions for the offseason. I think that'd be fun to take. Now, I 
look, I, I just want some consistency with it. I don't understand. My issue is why at other times in worse situations as you go for it and you didn't go for it there when you're down a couple scores. I, I think you have to go for it there. And at the end of the day, look, if you pick it up, you go down. Look, you ended up having a base to get an, try to get an onside kick because the way it's set up, you just didn't have enough time. Right. And look, you, you're just you're rolling the dice. You're hoping to get lucky in an onside kick. You take the game totally out of your hands effectively and hoping for luck at that point. Obviously, that didn't work out very well for FSU. So, yeah, I, I think at that situation, you do go for it, especially when you've got a history in these situations of always going for it. So why that time do you decide not to? I don't know. Hopefully that will be in the post game. I don't know if we heard any word on one of our uh, one of our compatriots from Gainesville. We have not. Uh, not getting in. So we're hoping to get either Corey or Ira uh, from Gainesville. If we can't, I'm sure they'll have the War Chant rap, which you can watch on War Chant TV. We know Aslan's there with them. Now, they filmed that in front of the Gator statue or in front of the Tebow. What do you, what do you think they should film that at, Tom, Oh, for well, the background? Yeah. Maybe the plaque where he says, you'll never see yes. another team. Try his, yeah, I'm sure that, that that's where the plaque, that, that's the perfect background. They can like, as I can do a little artistic thing and focus on the plaque and then come back with the camera. There it is. I well, think that'd be, that'd be great. By the way, halftime, Tom, this is, this is interesting. Auburn up 7 nothing at halftime on Alabama. So after what happened with Ohio State today, if Alabama were to lose, yeah. What what is going on in the playoffs then? Uh, Cincinnati, Cincinnati is the happiest program yeah. in the country right now because it didn't look like they were going to get. But who's going to be that other team? Uh, that is a great question. Well, I think Bedlam would have uh, a leading I candidate. Guess Michigan, right? Michigan, I, oh yeah, Michigan's in the field now. I would think, pending the championship games next weekend. Wacky stuff has happened this season, yeah. but uh, your Bedlam game tonight, Gene, at seven thirty, I think would would generate you another. Um, you know, program to make a case for either Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. Uh, but, yes, I, I agree, Eric. I was going to say that, too. Yep. The broadcast would not have been complete without those broadcasters suggesting that the new Florida head coach should be either Deion Sanders oh or Tebow, either of the two guys. Oh, I mean, my God. Did it, I, I thought – I'm sitting there. I'm hearing – and I'm talking – I heard that on the back of one of my ears. I'm like, they didn't seriously suggest Tim Tebow is the next head coach. Is that our, our boy, R.G.? That, that that is suggested. Oh, come on, man. Be, you're better than that. Don't uh, throw Tebow. Then why not Danny Werfel or Steve Spurrier's daughter? I mean, at that point, just right. it's either it's either going to be Dion or it's because it doesn't matter. You know, just you know, you just need somebody who can recruit. I get uh, whatever, whatever. That's uh, that was a frustrating broadcast. Dion two months as an FCS coach and suddenly he's qualified to be Florida's head coach. Okay, sure. Everything. Tim Tebow, who's never coached a day in his life, but does Heisman commercials. Yeah, sure. Everything about that game, save for the first touchdown drive for Florida State, was frustrating, I thought. That's what that whole experience was today. But it's all right. It's all right. It looks like for this season, the battles were lost more times than not. That Jacksonville State game really sticks in your craw now. Oh, Tom, you had to bring that up. We agreed (laughs) we're going to race that from the record books. We're never going to bring up that game again. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, we we would have another War Champ postgame show, so everybody should be angry. And uh, give the proverbial thumbs down to that. Not to the video, but uh, to the fact that that's what held us back from from going to a bowl this year. But it's all right. It looks like the greater war was won in the recruiting class because, again, you've kept the top of your board intact. Mm-hmm. Guys that are going to make the differences here sooner than later. And as Gene said, if you haven't checked it out yet on Warchant.com, the interview that Michael Langston did with Travis Hunter after they got done destroying Lowndes last night in Valdosta, it was a good one. Because one of the answers from Travis Hunter was a documented quote saying 
I'm going to be playing receiver as well as defensive yes. back. He, I don't know that he had gone on the record and said that. No, he, I don't think so. I think he's talked about playing both ways, but I, not more specifically. So that's, and I always thought that too. Look, I do think I get it. At the end of the day, I think his future in the NFL maybe is a defensive back. Yep. But there's time. You know, you can come in, start out receiver. As they build that talent up, you make the transition over to defensive back. I think that's great because, man, he's get the ball in his hands. I just think it's going to open up so much to have one dynamic player on that side of the ball for Jordan, for the rest of the receiver we talked about. You know, who knows what Pokey and Keyshawn and these guys can do with a dynamic guy the defense has to pay attention to. I think they can be great complementary players. They're, they're, they're the, the Scotty Pippins, I think, of the wide receiver world. They're not the Michael Jordans. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, and it, it again, it makes it, I mean, he gets here, it makes it interesting in spring all the more. You know? Oh, well, it's going to be a fun spring. Duffy, Duffy's supposed to be here early too, right? So you get Duffy and him there. Woo, it's going to be a fun yeah. spring. Those practice reports will be uh, clicked on, I think, just a few times. And again, uh, one final reminder here on the War Champ Post Game Show before we offer our final thoughts. Um, it, it's a thumbs up button right underneath Gene. There it is. You can see it. It's a thumbs up button. It's a like button. The more times you hit that, the more Knoll fans who are looking for coverage are found. So we appreciate that. Pair us with people who are looking for the Knolls, folks, just by hitting that thumbs up. Right next to it is a subscribe button. If you hit that plus the bell, you'll never have to worry again because every time War Chant TV brings you more of its great coverage, you will be alerted on the homepage of your YouTube account. So make your life easier by hitting those buttons and make our lives a little bit better too. So Gene, let's put a bow on this. It's uh, There's a there's a lot of reasons to be thankful to be yep. a Knoll on a Thanksgiving week. Unfortunately, today's result was not one of those reasons, but uh, your final thoughts is we are wrapping up another season, our second season of the War Champ postgame call-in show. Well, first time, I want to thank you. Great job this season. Uh, hosting all these post-game shows. It's been a lot of fun. We've had a lot of good times vetting, comparing notes, celebrating with the fans. I mean, it was all that we hit all the motions up and down into the Jacksonville State loss, the exciting comeback from behind win against Miami. It's been a great year. You've done a great job. Look forward to your continued work and all the people that participated in the post-game shows, the calls, some great calls. Man, our callers are great. I mean, you see a few people trolling. I, I see you. I see you on, the, on, on Twitter and YouTube. And Facebook, some of you, but a lot of good ones. There you go. You tried. Um, a lot of good, a lot of good posters there too, though. A lot of very good people on there. So we appreciate all the participation. It's been fun. It's sad, man. I was hoping we do. You never know. I guess there's still an outside chance there could be a bowl. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, this will probably it will definitely kick up the uh, kick up the spokes a little bit on basketball. You get some more coverage there. And like we said, in the next couple of weeks, December fifteenth is the early signing period. And if you followed it. I don't know, Tom, what are we talking about? Oh, 75, 80% of kids are now signing yes. on the early period. So, I mean, that that is the signing day. And and Travis Hunter said he's signing that day. So we're going to have wall-to-wall coverage for you in War Chant. I, I, well, I'll give you all the details, but it looks like we're going to have a live show right here at War Chant TV going for most of the day. Constant mm-hmm. updates, videos, everything you want to get going on on signing days. Another reason to click that bell and subscribe to Warchant so you can be a part of National Signing Day on Warchant.com. So this top 15, maybe top 10, you got, man, you get Marvin Jones and mm-hmm. Armella is now looking pretty good for FSU. You get some of these guys in, maybe you crack the top 10. So it's going to be an exciting day to do that. But at the end of my final thoughts, look, I know it's a negative way to end the season, but it was very encouraging to see what Florida State did in the second half. Mike Norvell's got things going in the right direction. Recruiting class is solid. 
pay attention to recruiting, pay attention to the transfer portal. I think we'll be talking at this time next year, Mike, Tom, we're going to be talking about what bowl FSU is going to. There it's going to be our state. It's not going to be, you know, you know, this mistake, this mistake here is going to be like, where is FSU going bowling next year? So, you know, Shreveport ain't good enough, Tom. We need we need something like Gator Bowl or well, you know something like that. Let's let's get to a good bowl next year. We're 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 close, FSU fans. We're almost there. You can feel it coming. I think it's going to be there. Yeah, my question is: how, Speaking of the state of Louisiana, how are we going to handle that post game show after Florida State LSU? Are we going to be in a casino? Where oh, are we going to be, guys, well, that's what I'm telling you. you know, War chance going to be. I don't know. You guys know. Second game of the season, Florida State is playing LSU. I just. Got to keep tabs on the staff, man. I, I think Corey's going to be out of control in that. We got to we got to figure out a way to keep guys. I don't know if they need to get some clause in their contracts that they they can't be pulling the all nighters. That where what's the casino there that's down there that Corey's going to be living at? Harrah's. Yeah, pro- yes, I would think so. Harrah's down there. Yeah, um, maybe we could have an offsite installment in Biloxi as well, where we could do a little event. There we go. Yeah, but at World Channel, I'll tell you right now, World Channel will have an event there. I'll I'll, I'll negotiate with some sports bar or some casino or somebody down there. And uh, we'll have a lot of fun stuff. So I hope a lot of you people that call in and or participate can come join us in New Orleans for next year. That's going to be a lot of fun. So, Tom, we'll be doing an on-remote one for that one, no doubt. That sounds excellent to me. Well, uh, you know, we want to thank also one member of our broadcast crew who never gets any love. Yes. Because, uh, you know, he's not on the air with us, but he is invaluable, and that's Terry. 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 Cheers, my man. Take any have- shots are on me tomorrow, buddy. He knows what that means. Yeah, and we're going to have uh, some uh, off-season scotch, maybe at the holiday party. Oh, see. that's right. The war champ. we got to schedule that as soon as we get the bowling tournament, Tom, yep. which we'll be announcing this week coming up. Yes, we uh, the Jeff Cameron Show, I think you'll have the announcement of that, right? Yes, we will. That is uh, the number one goal for this week is uh, to get that all aligned. Uh, we'll have coverage for Florida State-Purdue. That's ACC Big Ten on Tuesday. There's a lot going on in the world of the Knowles. There always is. The College Cup. And uh, Trevor – Go to the ACC Network. If you want that answer, you go to the <laughs> ACC Network. Packer and Durham have you covered on Monday. This is not the place to find out oh, that answer. Corey, ask Corey that. Corey loves lacrosse questions. Yeah, there it is. So, for the founder and administrator of Gene William, of Warchant.com, his name is Gene Williams. My name is Tom Lang. We appreciate everybody for all season long. Your uh, contribution. There he is. There's the turkey. He Gary Patterson. He makes That's- a cameo. There's your buddy, Gary. Hey, That's guys. The- Gary the Gobbler Patterson. He fell down before the game started. I'm not even kidding. And uh, before the show started. And so apropos that he got his uh, his FaceTime. All right, everybody. We appreciate it. We will be talking to you soon on War Chant TV. Like, subscribe to hear about what's coming up next. And uh, we will talk to you soon. But happy football season one last time.